Hi, I'm Maddie Gill, and you're listening to On Equal Terms, my podcast where I discuss types of inequality as part of my sophomore year personal project at Corning Painted Post High School. This episode, I was able to talk about gender inequality and feminism with my good friend and fellow CPP 10th grader, Sydney Hewitt. I really admired some of the things Sydney had to say. We were able to discuss feminism and girl power and female role models in today's society. For a first episode, it was a really good time and I'd call it a success. I'm here with Sydney Hewitt. <laughs> Sydney is a sophomore here at CBP High School. Hi, I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you for having me, Maddie. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited to talk to you specifically because I know you know so much about <laughs> this topic and you do so much for this to- uh, kind of uh, feminism circle because today we are talking about gender inequality. Awesome. Excited. It's always a good time <laughs> talking about feminism and inequality. <laughs> All right. So gender inequality, while we are in a time currently, I think you would agree where talking about girl power is a huge thing. Yeah, for sure. But in that, we still see women being, you know, facing these challenges mm-hmm. even through this super girl power time. Yeah, I mean, although we may have gotten our rights to vote and, you know, I guess we've come a really long way from even 10 years ago. We're still facing so much adversity in the workplace, on the streets, um, you name it. Uh, The patriarchy is just something that our society really leans on, actually, to function, which is unfortunate. So definitely there's still a lot of obstacles that women are facing every single day and that we have to really work to overcome. Yeah, and it's the good thing that's coming out of this, though, is that girls and young women from young ages are finally being able to see strong female role models in their societies. Like, previously, you know, there weren't any, but now we have, like, women in government and having all these huge roles finally you know, after a while that girls can look up to. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's kind of funny. Something that I've been asked kind of frequently is like the first time that I really heard or used the term feminism. And I honestly, for the life of me, cannot conjure up like the first time that that entered my life because um, I've been raised in a really progressive household. Both mom and dad are big card-carrying feminists. We own a bookstore called Card Carrying. We... um, are just really active in our community, trying to support Planned Parenthood, trying to support girls and women around the world. Um, So it's kind of funny because it's always been something that's so present in my life, and I think it should be present in everyone's life personally. So, yeah, I would definitely think that we've come a long way, fortunately, but we've still got a ways to go. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, And, you know, something that people always talk about, uh, both female and male, about and just, like, around the entire way, people talk about how, um, well, women don't get paid as much as men. And people are like, mm-hmm. oh, like, you, like <clears throat> people just say that. Like, that's not actually true. It really is. Yeah, the wage gap is a very real issue. Honestly, in all, like, socioeconomic statuses, you know, whether you're working at Walmart, whether you're, like, the CEO of a company, we need all of these jobs to help society function. And unfortunately, 
again, the wage gap is still very much prevalent in our society. So anyone who says otherwise is definitely a little bit jaded in that field. And even according to inequality.org, women make up 63% of workers earning only minimum wage. Yeah. While only 5% of CEOs at Fortune 500 firms are women. Yeah. So a huge majority of even management positions are held by men. And Mm -hmm. even if a man and a woman are both in management positions, men are still getting paid more. And I think it's even important to note where race comes into that because um, obviously there is a wage gap between men and women, but then there's even a wage gap between white women and Latina women or white women and Asian women, white women and black women. Um, Race is even a big component with the wage gap that definitely needs to be recognized as well because intersectional feminism is something that's so, so important as well. Yeah, it's... And that's something, again, that's really starting to be, like, part of this whole conversation. If we're narrowing the issue down to just men and just women, we're not really including the entire problem because Mm -hmm. it isn't just between men and women. It's between, you know, and I hate to say kinds, but, you know, different kinds of women because there are, you know, different ethnicities, different, just like everything. Yeah, different races, different backgrounds that we should recognize and we should be celebrating, but not that shouldn't be affecting if someone is able to care for themselves and provide for themselves and their families, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so I think kind of we should move into maybe how we are kind of talking about it, how society does feed into this whole issue. Like, we see, like, as young women and, you know, high schoolers were becoming older and are going to start contributing more to society soon, Mm -hmm. um, what like here's a question like what role models like have you seen that are women and have you seen like any progression from that okay well this is kind of basic but I have to start off with my mom um she has definitely I think I've seen her doing so many things around the community and around the world um to help support women um me being one of them Um, And I think she's just taught me so much about the respect I should be giving others, the respect I should be commanding others give me. Um, That's like obviously very close to home. But I mean, there's just so many. There's the women that we know well personally in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, for me as well, I want to go into potentially a career of politics, but especially um, uh, law and maybe being a district attorney eventually. So all these female politicians are just like blowing my mind with just how well-spoken and how passionate they are about what they do. Um, Just right now in the Democratic like election, we have Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris. We have so many just outstanding women that are so inspirational. Um, I'm trying to think of any, I mean, there's women in pop culture, in the media. Um, Jamila Jamil, I absolutely love her. I really hope I didn't just butcher her name. But I love what she has to say about body image, Mm -hmm. um, actresses, singers. This is kind of basic, but, like, T-Swift. I love her so much. She made a whole dedication in her video recently, or not that recently, several months ago, to helping the Equality Act. Um, Yeah, that was a huge, huge movement. Uh, Yeah, it really was. And just, I think it's so respectable when someone has a platform and a voice and fans and followers and they use that platform for good like that I think is just one of the best things you can do and I think that that was a real example of 
you know, using your platform and using your voice to amplify the voices of others and to really help your sisters back at home. (laughs) Because, like, some people who do have those platforms, there are so many who are, especially now, really starting to use those platforms Mm -hmm. to, like, speak up and do good. But there are still so many who may not specifically have a voice on these important topics that they can really help, not control, but, like, influence and, like, bring people together and if you look back at last year the me too movement that was so huge and so many i don't want to say celebrities but i guess they were really celebrities so many women were coming forward with that and i mean obviously bringing up your past trauma is no easy thing oh yeah but you know they had that platform and i just think it's so respectable and so inspirational to be able to come forward and speak out in order to potentially help someone else um obviously it's important i think to note that if you have undergone a form of trauma any form of trauma you are under literally zero obligation to come forward like that's your life you get to keep that to yourself if that's the way you feel safest and the way you feel best but i just think that so many women coming forward um wearing black i remember they all wore black too what award show was it was it Oscars I can't remember off the top of my head but like so many people wore black to raise awareness for that and I thought that that was really really impactful moment in like our artistic history as far as actors and musicians and yeah that was something that like so many women like not like after the you know like celebrities kind of came forward other people did too and they yeah like the people who kind of started that and like kind of helped bring a voice to everybody else who experienced that yeah and it was a really unifying uh moment in movement yeah uh, for women and I think it's so important that was such an important discussion because I think that especially the me too movement I mean that's not just specific to Harvey Weinstein and like these big rich guy producers and everything yeah, it's, and everyday it's every day I mean women are facing adversity and facing inequality in their work environments and school environments every single day mm-hmm. um through as we discussed the wage gap but also sexual harassment is such an issue yeah. it's so prevalent in society because I think a lot of people will also see things um and not necessarily see it as sexual harassment yeah, it's become so normalized it has and I think that's a real issue because um you know, any workplace, people deserve to be feeling safe and feeling respected where they work. And just comments, like offhand comments, um, you know, inappropriate gestures, anything, you know, there's so many things that really can be defined as sexual harassment. And although they may seem small, they actually can be just so, like, devastating to be around, especially every day at your... Yeah place of work yeah I know there's a huge thing where people say like oh boys will be boys and yeah. they will say that to these young girls and so and young boys it's and, so and young boys it's so, so negative to both boys and girls yeah you know? and it really doesn't help anybody because by saying that what they're doing is just like oh it's just boys like you know oh yeah out of it it's making it okay like it's yeah. making it seem like it's okay so when these girls grow up, they all maybe all they've known is that that's okay. They're making yeah by doing that you're amplifying the idea that it's okay to hurt girls and be mean to girls and disrespect girls. You're setting the tone for young girls, making them think that they deserve that treatment as well. Yeah. You're not only telling little boys, oh, it's okay to do that. You're telling little girls that they should expect to be treated like that. And if you think about it, even another side of the story is think about all the little boys that like have the potential to be such good, loving, caring men in people's yeah. lives. Um, 
and this sounds kind of heteronormative, obviously, you know, you've got boys and girls and everything in between, yeah. but um, especially in, like, heterosexual, cisgendered males, it's such an issue because, you know, there's boys that are born, and I think I like to think that all of us are born with goodness in our hearts, oh, yeah. but then you're being groomed and treated, and the toxic masculinity within our society mm-hmm. is just kind of beating them down and just... It's that's really what's producing like these horrific things that are happening to women. Yeah, um, it starts. You know, everything starts when you're young, and mm-hmm. the things that are taught to you and are told what's okay and what's not when you're young kind of stay with you. Um, and so we really should be changing the way that we teach young girls and boys, yeah. you know, how to treat everybody. Like, yeah, you know, how to treat girls, because by saying, you know, oh you know, telling a girl, a little girl, oh, he's just being mean because he likes you. Yeah, that's phrasing her to think that when she's 20 years old and dating a guy who regularly manipulates her, treats her horribly, maybe even physically abuses her, mm-hmm. oh, means he likes you, when, no, that's, love shouldn't hurt, love shouldn't be like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. And mm-hmm. not to say that um, abusive relationships can't go both ways, of course, you, oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely... Like, men obviously face manipulation and abuse as well in relationships. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot more prevalent for women in society, but you definitely should not ignore what's happening to men. Yeah. But I also think that just um, if you look at statistics and you look at the things that are, like, causing these problematic relationships between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. it really is quite one-sided in many ways. Yeah. And like you said, by saying, like, looking at the statistics, there are just... I mean, you look at them, like some people deny them <laughs> yeah. are saying like, oh, well, women do it just as much too. It's like, yeah, sure. Women do like are sometimes the, they can be abusive they partners, can be the abuser, but, and you should yeah. never ever invalidate a man who comes forward discussing, um, abuse that he's faced. Yeah. But I think that it's important because I think a lot of people will try and turn it the other way. I think it's kind of a form of gaslighting, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, because it is true. Like, women can be abusers, but if, like, looking at the trends... Yeah. It is, like you said, really important. It's important not to ignore the statistics because, in that case, nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to get better. Yeah. I think it's really important if we do want to keep, like, or at least keep trying to progress, Mm -hmm. um, we do have to you know, take a look at the facts and, yeah. and the trends because, you know, if we learn from them and if people, like, educate themselves on these facts mm-hmm. and, like, kind of learn the truth and, like, real like real right versus wrong, mm-hmm. then that's how we move forward because there are so many people who will make pl- claims or deny claims because they just aren't as informed about an issue, potentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, looking forward, Cindy, what are some steps that you think we can take to move in the right direction? Oh, that's a really big question because there's so many things that you can do, big and small. Um, I honestly think, you know, there are so many facets. I'm using the word feminism so much. It's my favorite. It's my favorite (laughs) F word. Um, There's so many things you can do, but I think that you really have to just zero in on, honestly, something that's making you angry. Yeah. (laughs) What's, like... What I want to do when I'm feeling helpless, because obviously, you know, we're teenagers, we're sophomores, we can't exactly vote, we can't even drive yet. No. Um, But what I do when I'm feeling particularly helpless after reading the news or something, I, like, I just zero in on what's making me really, really angry. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. Um, last year, I actually, in the midst of the, I will say, crisis um, surrounding women's health care, mm-hmm. um, I was just feeling so, so just in a panic. I remember lying on my floor with my cat just looking at all these states and all these proposed bans on abortion yeah. and I was like, oh my yeah. goodness, especially, what is the world becoming? Yeah, especially this is because awful. abortion is healthcare. It is healthcare that everyone is entitled to. Yeah. Um, and I knew I know so many people have these little exceptions surrounding, you know, in cases of incest or rape. And I'm like, honestly, I'm the kind of person that I'm like, hey, if you don't want to have a baby, you don't have to. I don't yeah. care what your reasoning is. Yeah. And I think that that is a whole issue around um, slut shaming. And that's a story for another day. Yeah. But um, I think so. I was I was lying on the floor. I was looking on um, I think it was actually Instagram. I saw this list of all of these bands that were being proposed and all of their little details surrounding them and I was like oh my god I'm panicking I'm gonna die everyone I know is gonna die and that was probably a little bit um drastic thinking but (laughs) I think it actually really got my wheels turning yeah um and I ended it ended up leading to bake sale for choice which I am so proud of um I reached out to actually a bunch of my friends we were all like freshmen at the time and uh, several um community members who were also just so helpful and we had a bake sale because it was glass fest like the next in the next two weeks or something Mm -hmm. and yeah we had a little bake sale we brought in we had so many donations of delicious goodies to sell outside of the shop Mm -hmm. um so many people donated and baked treats or purchased treats to donate to the bake sale and then we had so many people stop by the booth and either purchase a treat we had people open up their wallets and be like, please take all my cash. This is so important. I love this. And I raised, um, um, so much money. I'm trying to remember the price. Uh, I cannot remember at the top of my mind, but it was several hundred dollars and I donated it all to a nonprofit that, um, just helps women get access to abortions. (laughs) And it was like so important. That's anyways, moral of that whole story, I guess is like, you just have to find these like niche things kind of mm-hmm. um that was what was currently happening um that's obviously healthcare for women is still definitely something that needs to be focused on but um you can just do so much honestly you can get groups together i think that organizing groups is so important that's actually part of my personal project is yeah. i started a club where we're taking actions each month um for many different uh, against uh, several different kinds of inequality and injustices. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just so much you can do. Um, organizing groups, raising money through <laughs> bake sales or whatever <laughs> else comes to mind, yeah. um, writing to your local legislators, calling your senators. I um, During the, well, I shouldn't say during because we're still kind of in the midst of the crisis surrounding immigration. I remember calling Senator Gillibrand's office and I was like, hi, um, I don't have anything to complain, but I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. Um, uh, people should not be held in cages. So thanks for what you're doing. You're really great. I support you. Love you. Bye, Sydney. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just calling your, calling your legislators, though, they want to hear your voices. That's why mm-hmm. democracy is so great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we can't vote, but we all have phones that we can use to call people. Um, so, yeah, yeah that's some it, of my favorite things to do. Yeah, and, like, 
it all kind of starts with like feeling strongly about something yeah like, if you see something going on like talk to other people talk to anyone who will listen do things that will help benefit you, you have to have that passion you have to find what what's like lighting a fire inside of you what like makes your stomach turn every time you think of it um I think it's just so important because honestly even the little things again like maybe raising a couple hundred dollars is important in the scheme of things I don't know there's a lot of money to be raised in the world and there's a lot of organizations that could need it yeah but I like to think that you know if we all pitch in in some way we can and we all just act as like one little wave yeah like you know lots of little waves create storms big waves tsunamis <laughs> yeah like let's make a tsunami people come yes. on it's my favorite it's my favorite activism metaphor <laughs> it's great it's great that should be on a t-shirt thank you card carrying let's, let's make a storm <laughs> yes so on that note of kind of what people can do um i hope that listeners i like i said i know i've learned a lot um can kind of take this information that you've shared in really like use it like mm-hmm. to help you know, benefit, like, huge issues and, like, people you know. Even if it just makes you feel better that your future generation has their, has their, their stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got you. We we're got gonna, you. We're gonna take over. We're gonna be good. We'll be good. I have faith in us. We're gonna save the environment, and then we're gonna save all the people. <laughs> yeah, save all the people. <laughs> Very um, generic. <laughs> so thank you again, Sydney, so much for coming to talk to me here on Madeline Gill, you cannot forget the name of your own podcast. Leave this in. Leave this in so your viewers can hear you. <laughs> on on equal on, terms. On equal Thank terms. you so much for coming to Maddie's podcast on equal terms. I'm Sydney Hewitt and Madeline Gill can't remember the name of her own podcast. <laughs> Tune yeah. in next time. Tune in next time for more talk about inequality. Hopefully I will remember the name of my podcast. Signing out. I want to thank Sydney again for joining me on this episode. Tune in again next episode where I discuss racial inequality with CPP junior Mike Bankston. I'm Maddie Gill, and this is On Equal Terms.